Hello and welcome to series 2, chapter 2 of Making Games is Fun. This time we talk to Aubrey Hesselgren, a newly independent indie dev, ex-Splash Damage and Preloaded. Um, Aubrey has a really interesting story and he's a really nice guy. We look at his time prior to Splash Damage and Reloaded. Um, we talk a little bit about his first roll of the dice. And there's lots of stupid jokes around the fact that I can't remember that phrase, roll of the dice. Um, where he went independent for the first time with Tommy Refners. And we talk about what happened from then and... Uh, we cover some pretty serious stuff. We we look at his subsequent breakdown when everything got a little bit too much for him. Um, how he kind of got out from that and where he is now, where he is today. And this second go at being independent. Uh, it's very early days for him. I mean, he hadn't even finished his first week when we recorded this podcast. Um, so it's full of trepidation and, and anticipation and fears but also hopes for the future and and plans and, and what he's learned from the first time he tried this and yeah it's just, it's cool it's really exciting and and hopefully you'll you'll get a you'll get a lot out of it now i can reveal to you that along with this second chapter i have released a patreon to go with making games is fun now i won't spend the intro begging and pleading for your money um in fact i won't beg or plead for your money at any point but do go and have a look at what my philosophy on this whole thing is because i i'm not into saying hey please give me money it is more looking at a culture of support and what support can help me do in the future so have a look at that um see if you agree with me see what you think uh you can find that at patreon.com and forward slash m g i f um so I will stop wanging on and let you enjoy some more Making Games is Fun. People are really messed up and they don't know it about themselves yeah. either. It's all doomed to fail and I'm very happy about it. But going through a contract forces you to be like, oh crap. Yeah. We're gonna mix DNA. No wait, that's not that's okay. Yeah, the analogy like has gotten away from me. Yeah. Welcome to another episode of Making Games is Fun. And here to talk to me about that is my man here, Aubrey Hesselgren, is Hesselgren. Hesselgren, yeah, that's right. It's fine, there's no hidden umlauts yeah. I need to worry about. Hello, for, for the sake of the podcast. Hello, hello. <laughs> hello. Um, I am a, now officially an indie game developer. Mm-hmm. Hasn't always been the case. For the last six years I've been at uh, places like uh, Preloaded in Old Street and yep. at uh, Splash Damage. And before that, uh, an art outsourcing place, which also did games in Amsterdam, called um, Streamline Studios. And then in between Streamline and Splash Damage, I worked with uh, Tommy Refners, the guy who did uh, Super Meat Boy, the coder. Um, and yeah, very now, briefly. So with, with Tommy, that was your... So you are now indie, but this is your second... Second counter, stab, yeah. Second stab. Yeah. What's, what's the phrase? Second... Second stab at the thing. Second stab at the pie. Second. Oh. Second throw of the dice. What is oh. it? Second. We could make our own up. Second. Uh, it's more like um, <laughs> uh, once what bitten, it? twice shy. Yeah. I'm now sticking my hand in the gift horse. <laughs> uh, stick. Yeah, that's it. You're sticking your hand in the gift horse. Don't make an ass of me. For a second time. I'm gonna do more horse. So the first time you put your hand in the horse. My mother will love this if she loves horses. <laughs> no, she's not going to hear this. No. Uh, Just to get her to listen to this bit about horses. Yeah. So, this, the first time you placed your hand into the proverbial horse mm-hmm. was with... 
<laughs> it, did, it, it wasn't even a good Does analogy. That work? It didn't Does work. That work. It didn't work in the first place. You're very politely laughing mm. at this. I, I like it though. I like it. <laughs> well, be, um, so the first time was that Victoria. can be our callback. Let's hype, let's let's yep. telegraph this now, <laughs> so that later in the episode, when we want to be like proper comedy people, we refer back to a thing earlier. Yeah, yeah which was the callback. And it's not classic. funny in of itself. It's no. just that it occurred. It's just. It's just Remember, hey. <laughs> After an hour ago, when we were talking about the other thing, it's the Peter Kay School of Comedy. Do you remember a thing from a while ago? I do. Um, so your first, your first uh, attempt at putting your hand in the horse mm-hmm. was with um, mm. was it Tommy? Tommy Ruffin is. Uh, what what kind of? Where were you when when you started talking with Tommy about that? What? How did you uh, meet him? We or? were in a. Um, the loft of a steel factory in... <laughs> I did not expect you to say <laughs> In Permanent in Amsterdam, which is... Uh, well, uh, Permanent outside of Amsterdam. And yeah. um, that, that place had been lent to these, to these guys um, who... The twins, actually, who, who had been uh, starting up this uh, art outsourcing place. But the guys who did... Um, I think it was called... Was it Hitman Chronicles? Which was a Half-Life Total Conversion. I could oh. try that. What were the dinosaurs? No. Hitman Chronicles? Yeah. Is that... No. Some Gunman Chronicles. Oh. I, mean, I do apologize. I was thinking of Agent 47 because we were no, talking no. about Hitman just yeah, before. Yeah, that's so. right. <laughs> uh, no, Gunman you got, Chronicles. I got excited then. <laughs> yeah. Gunman Chronicles. So yeah, that, that got kind of popular within the scene and it got a full uh, release. It had SKUs and stuff and it was on shelves and things. Yeah. It was like, you know, how there was that time when you had every colour of urban camouflage that you would wear on your trousers. Yeah. Um, they did that. What do you mean that half life? <laughs> <laughs> That's my fashion sense right now. Yeah, go on. <laughs> yeah, they did that with the box art with that. So it was, I, I think it was something like purple and yellow. Also, I don't know. Ooh, nice. That was the nice. only colour, complementary colour set So when left. you want to hide in a yeah. rhubarb and custard factory. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yeah, so they had that out. And then I was super eager and I wanted to work there. And then, I don't know, after a while, um, things turned a little bit sour uh, with people there. But I was talking to Tommy, who had joined, like, after a year of me being there. I was there quite early on. Hmm. Um, And I told him about about this idea I had for a game, which is how it always starts. Um, And the idea was uh, for, well, in hindsight... Basically, exactly the same as Liquid War, if you've ever seen that. Yeah, sort of a freeware, weird Linux, Linux kind of game, uh, where you kind of you try to surround a kind of a bunch of pixels with your own coloured pixels. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. God, that's yeah. 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 And I hadn't like I'd never seen the game before, but I came up with exactly the same concept mm. uh, off the back of the idea of. <coughs> Um, 2D meta blobs where you would okay this is going to get a little technical but it's fun for people who like that um, the idea is you have a height map so just like a, a, a texture going from black to white where black is low and white is high mm. then you can run that through a shader which at the time shaders are you know not being used but it was a hot new thing that's yeah. going to you know it's going to be really important and it just occurred to me and I thought really fucking clever for figuring this out but you can uh, you can take that height map and put it through um, a shader and look up a different texture and then have these kind of um, uh, iso bars running across this height map so it looked like you know on a map or on um, weather forecast you have all these kind of iso yes. bars and things like a relief map sort of thing yeah kind of yeah 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 okay. um, and the idea being that you would just communicate this the density of a field um, to the player um, in cool ways. So we had loads of different skins. We had, um, you know, stuff which looked like ink, the obvious ones. We had stuff which was like looked like swarms of bees, um, and they would uncover this kind of hexagonal um, uh, grid uh, hmm. wherever they moved. Um, and the idea was that you would swarm around each other and try and envelop each other like an amoeba. Right. Um, so that was the basic game. But really <coughs> pure. We called it Goo because we were like, oh, it's in a lot of ways, it's kind of like a gridless version of Go. 
So it's like the sequel. Oh, to I Go. like it. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. gonna say it's making me think of like a Go. <laughs> so we got, yeah, yeah, we got awfully pretentious about it. <laughs> uh, oh, I did, I did. That's the thing. Like Tommy doesn't get pretentious, and I do. And yeah. Yeah, sorry. Did, yeah. did he kind of temper your? I was doing yeah. I was doing really kind of emo, moody goo, and he <laughs> was he was like, let's do a light-hearted arcadey goo. Okay. Um, and it's not at all that that is what split it. Like, uh, what well, basically, you know, sorry, to cut a long story short, mm. we stopped working with each other, but it wasn't. And um, um, we got on very well ourselves, but then the actual making of the game. I don't know, I, I was very ill-equipped to uh, work on the code side, I think. I was just learning as a coder. Sure. So there was, a, there was a bit of a tension in terms of, like, he was doing most of the work. And I was, like, sort of left behind there. Okay. I was also, uh, he was living with his uh, parents, so he kind of didn't have, you know, there's that awkwardness of living with your parents, of course. Well, they're very nice, they're very nice parents. And, um, yeah, but it doesn't matter how uh, nice they are sometimes. No, yeah, and that was out in America. So you know, after we had talked a bit um, about making this game, and we shared a flat in, in Holland for a while. Um, uh, after that, yeah, we I went out there like three months at a time because that's the visitor visa. Yeah, we um, didn't do anything in terms of like getting a contract signed or anything like that. I made these big, obvious, like in hindsight, mistakes. Yeah. You know, what is your role and what are you expecting to do and what are you expected to do and this kind of thing and we left that really late and I was trying to come to terms with basically becoming an adult in London <laughs> which is sort of expensive and hard to do and there's not there's no mm, there was a small amount of money coming from a guy who I have to keep anonymous but he was um, he had some success with some uh Okay, I'll keep it very broad. That's Some technology, and and I was given two hundred quid a month to survive on in London, mm-hmm. and I was thinking, oh yeah, that'd be fine. <laughs> sure, that's a yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> baked beans, milk. Yeah. Uh, what else does someone need? Yeah. Beer. <laughs> that that that'll last. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Crikey. Yeah. Yeah. So I and I wasn't I wasn't managing. At all. I mean, this I is a long. This is a long time ago as well, isn't it? Well. Um, we're now talking about sort of eight or nine years, I suppose. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, sure. No, okay. Six, seven, six, seven. Yeah, six, seven years. But a time, <laughs> a time, a time. So it's been a while, and I was certainly um, that all I ever wanted to do was doing the indie games. So um, when you go through that, and you you kind of blindsided by all these things that can happen yeah um, at the same time as realising oh you're not actually very good because you haven't done this for very long <laughs> yeah but you think you should be you think that yeah. you know you're in your kind of youthful 20s and you're very arrogant and you believe that because you believe in yourself strongly enough yeah. that everything should just fall away yeah oh, that's all you need yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah just a grim determination and that's that's what everyone's talking about, right? Like, oh no, I had to work late and eat all this pizza and or drink all this Coke, but I got it done. And this weird narrative of what it is to be uh, a, a successful game developer and that it's just yeah. it's purely about slogan. It's like, I don't know, I, I think there's a lot of luck involved in it too and just your situation. And you're never going to appreciate that you got uh, where you're lucky. Yeah. Um, it, you just that it just happens that the things that you're lucky about aren't a problem for you so they mm. never you're never aware yeah that they're a problem because they're not happening to you so um, so that was kind of your first roll of the dice that was what I was trying to say not the first ah one. right doesn't seem that hard to remember now first no. hand in the horse's mouth um, <laughs> and well, then we, so, we so from there what was your kind of your plan what happened then was there a plan or did you just kind of go right let's um, so where I have like it's going to be Stephen Fry moment isn't it we're yeah. <laughs> referencing Herring again yeah sorry <laughs> <laughs> anyone who uh, hasn't watched anyone who hasn't listened to the Leicester Square Theatre podcast mm. for quite a while because that's an that's old true. one that was just going to go it did get what? mainstream attention but yeah no, I, uh, <laughs> after that like that was it was a 
punched to the gut and yeah. I, I kind of just had to boomerang back to the parents and stayed there for about nine months pretty depressed and yeah you know not not doing a lot at first and then and you know occasionally watching some telly and and I remember watching stuff I've thought about this before this interview you see um, <laughs> uh, I thought about telling and stuff like I would watch something on television like something cool like I don't know first time I saw Gandhi for instance it was an amazing thing and I just thought how much effort is this um, and how, how like how has anybody even managed to get out of bed to do any of this <laughs> yeah like the gulf between where you are and where yeah. and what that is yeah and thinking the amount of knowledge necessary yeah. the yeah. you know no CGI extras just crowds full of people who organised that and and like who invented the camera you know <laughs> and, like, and how did they figure that out and uh, yeah. just the, this vast wall of like I am presupposing I should be able to make something which is worthy of yeah. wasting somebody's time yeah and um, then you'll just be disappointed at every turn because you expect to be rewarded gratified by the next thing you make you know that thing is going to be the thing that proves your worth as a human being yeah and then you'll be successful and everything <laughs> will be tied up in a nice bow and of course that's uh, I don't know uh, not not going to be very handy for you yeah. and your mental well-being the success thing I suppose for me is like finding a lifestyle that you don't completely hate <laughs> yes um, yeah. yeah and and this I don't know it's only been a week of going India right now and I'm kind of aware that you know I, I, it's not for me about um, making the hit game and being able to live off the success of a game it's about how do I make a, a life for myself doing this thing that I enjoy yeah yes some of the time which is Better than none of the time. Mm. <laughs> but yeah. I can't expect to enjoy everything all the time. So yeah. Um, it's funny like measuring what you want, why the why you make the decisions yeah. that you make. Um, it's very easy to go down a path and by exploring that path realise, oh this isn't quite what I want. Uh oh, let's have a major crisis <laughs> and change everything. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, mm. probably this is probably my second Midlife crisis or something. Yeah. Doing this. No, no, it's a quarter life <laughs> crisis. Now you're getting towards the mid, the middle. Oh yeah. At some point, people will be allowed eighth life crisis. Yeah. My three fifths life crisis. Yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> so this all presumes that we live to the stat certain age. And yeah. We're <laughs> idiots. We look like idiots when we die. Yeah. No, like, that was your thirty-seven over one twenty-seven <laughs> life crisis. Life crisis. Yeah. If we're being honest, <laughs> I like that. Um, so, how did you move on from where you were sort of staying with your parents for quite a long time, and you and you were in Whoa. that position where you thought, like, I'm ne- how am I going to get from here to there? My parents said I could stay there as long as I shoveled horse shit. Oh my god! What? Horses! <laughs> there it is! Uh, that that wasn't me injecting for the sake of the joke, that's true. I shoveled the horse shit. Planned that all along. Yeah. Yeah. Um, every day I would just yeah, clean out. My mum my was a It was horse, to do with their work, wasn't for it? A short it wasn't while. Just yeah. yeah, yeah, my mother was a horse punishment. punishment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And um, okay. the horses were not, I don't ride myself, it's a bit scary. Lack of control on, on horses. Oh, I'm terrified of horses. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're not nice enough as like people, but they're as um, people. Yeah, like as in you know people you talk to when you got nobody else to talk to. Yeah, you sure. The horse. I'm um, gonna call you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, okay. So they sort of gave you a just something to do. Yeah. Um, and also there was a bit of therapy too, but it was a bit awkward because it was like a, a friend of the family, so eventually had to stop kind of doing that anyway but yeah okay too much into that but yes that i mean christ i mean the, the amount of people uh you'll talk to who've been going through therapy and you don't realize it pff, lots so i yeah. kind of 
to a degree, like to fight the stigma or whatever. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, these days it's very, it's a constant sort of battle, that side of things, because um, I think attitudes have changed, but not, not, well, definitely not enough and not at a terribly fast rate, but it's funny, there's still, people still try and sort of avoiding it. Yeah, of course. But it's, you know, it's it, it does affect a lot of people, isn't it? And, yeah, yeah. And it and it's huge. But yeah, this yeah, it's interesting. I should be like more forthright about saying it. Even, yeah, because listen you know, to me. That was a hint of, but, of you know. But again, at the same time, pause there. Doesn't mean you have to be. Yeah. <laughs> you know, at the same time, it doesn't. It's interesting that the um, the onus shouldn't be on you. No, exactly. Yeah. To be like. No, you you it progress is, this cause. On, on the one, on the one hand, it's completely it's a personal thing. You should not feel the need hmm. to disclose it to anybody because yeah. the stigma does exist. Hmm. And um, but like I know, working through various companies, my conclusion is that a lot of people I've worked with have needed therapy far more than I have. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Also, in an employment, people are fucked side up. Of things. People are really messed up and they don't know it about themselves yeah. either yeah if you can even get to a point of self-reflection where you're like okay things are not okay with me mm. uh, that's going a lot deeper than most people will ever mm-hmm. dare to yep. delve and yep. uh, that's to my credit that's a humble brag right there. <laughs> 2015 yeah <laughs> Boom. yeah um, yeah yeah no, it's interesting like it, it, it's especially in an employment side of things mm-hmm. there is an extra consideration oh yeah um, where people kind of you know do the callousness of, a, mm. of, a, of, a, of any kind of decently sized company with investment oh, interests have this kind of thing yeah. like sneaking away to therapy halfway through the day or whatever yes yeah. um, and like we know to be worried about in more basic terms mm. that you know they might not say it directly but they're going how can we get rid of the mad one because <laughs> it's costing us money and you Christ. Know, we don't want to look bad when we do it but uh-huh, uh-huh. you know and there's, there's that whole thing you know there's no every studio needs this <laughs> token matter <laughs> well yeah maybe studios but you know like in general in the world of employment that, sure. is, a, that is a problem as well but we're going way off topic here but never mind um I don't know how we got I'm pleased with this it's and good. then I'll regret it I love I've been drinking topic. I love off topicness. <laughs> it's, it's part of the well, oh, it's getting back on topic. I mean, um, there's this thing of, I don't know, when working at uh, Splash Damage, uh, mm. I went back there after, you know, feeling like, you know, I'm mostly there, mostly back back to it. I did some... Is that where you went to first? Is that where you ended ah, so, up? Oh, so, yeah, after, after sorry, yeah. a breakdown, I had a, uh, like a time, like, looking at who, who do I really want to work with in England? Uh, and I was just looking at the places, and I really liked returning to Castle Wolkenstein, and... At the previous place, there were still people playing at lunch times and things. I thought, wow, I know Splash Damage. Hey, they're pretty cool. <laughs> they're like, uh, they're as close as England's going to get to uh, a Looking Glass kind of studio and things. And, yeah. Um, maybe that didn't quite pan out like that. There's, it's a pretty different culture. But, you know, I, I went there and I thought I would be okay. Just assumed I'd be okay. And then I got about halfway through uh, Brink and it just wasn't going well. And then... Uh, had another small breakdown, talked to my sister and she got me to see uh, another therapist. And at that point, I was, um, um, wow, am I admitting to all this stuff? Wow, is this happening? It's oh, happening. shit, okay. So, well, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I would leave work early a little bit to, to go to therapy for a while. Hmm. And, um, uh, yeah, so I, I you know, definitely felt paranoid about, like, God, oh, they're... They're gonna be like, how come he gets to stay late and I have to work on bugs all the time? And yeah, uh, yeah, 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 you get that kind of thing. But uh, honestly, the reason I've even gone into uh, such a rut in the first place was worrying so much about how much time I should be spending looking like I'm working towards everybody else, yeah. worrying about what they thought yeah. I should be doing. Um, when actually, you know, I'm only human, I can only really do three hours of work a day like everybody else uh, you know or at least I can only sustain that yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah I can sustain a bit of crunch for a while but not too long and um, it was a that was a wake up call in of itself and uh, so I uh, after that 
I've, I've been doing all the crunch on my own terms. I wasn't compensated for because it was early in the project, so I was doing a lot of extra creative work on, on the mm. side, and um, it, some of it was didn't come through really, which is you, you have to. Yeah, sorry. Now I'm rambling. Um, so my point is. <laughs> I, I basically by refusing to do crazy long hours I probably helped myself a lot and yeah. I probably helped the team a lot by not going in and doing tire to code yes um, although people hmm. did have to clean up after me for sure hmm. working on that project but um, I got the point towards the end like you know hmm. there's no need for me to be uh with my level of experience dipping into uh, their code and just messing about with it and causing them more trouble um, yeah so uh, yeah that's mm. I was learning to code I was getting better at coding but at that point I was still not kind of um, uh, ready for the indie stuff yeah I'll try not reference this every episode but when I went to um, when I was covering Hello Games uh-huh. um, I saw quite a bit of crunch there yeah but they are a small studio. They are all uh, properly invested in what they're doing. Yes. Not just you know creatively, but yeah. financially. Yes. Too. And they, uh, they, in two out of three of the big places I've worked for, nobody means to um, kind of say, uh, well, if you're not passionate enough to work on this project, then maybe you don't deserve to be working here. Nobody says that. No, yeah, nobody says that, but... But because of the natural um, kind of competitive nature of it, and it being a little bit too much of a male-dominated thing, I guess there's a lot of testosterone going on, hmm. um, it, can just fe- it can just cycle into that. Yeah. Um, at least with Hello Games, you know, they... Yeah. At the end of it, they have like their revenue split or whatever. Hmm. I don't know what I don't know. What yeah, well, it's interesting. Are, but I think know. I think there is definite connections between the attitudes, but mm. it's just it's odd because it it just <laughs> it's funny because obviously I can only observe and make decisions on it from mm. a distance, but it, it felt just that little bit more positive. I mean, no one was yeah, nobody was ecstatic about having to stay late. But hmm. I know the people. Uh, well, I know a couple. Mostly, no one guy who's been there. Not too well, but yeah. um, I know that he's had a history of working in other places. Mm. They will have that to reflect upon when they're doing this. So when they when they all get together and decide, okay, guys, we're going to make a studio together. Um, they know what it is about the previous studios that they know why they're starting it, and it's partly because of this sort of. Uh, pressure to get away from what mm. they saw as bad things in the previous places. So they're in, they they are confident off the back of that. They have that confidence. Yeah. And to know that they're not exploiting each other, they trust each other. They've been working on more than one game together. <coughs> so you know. Yeah. By now they know each other. They know how to work with each other. They are uh, like a military unit, right? Whatever. They're, they're <laughs> working together. And yeah. Then, but they're probably with that. I don't know for sure, but I'm sure they look after each other within that. As mm. well. Yeah, they know when somebody's working too hard. Or... Yeah, and it's funny because it's got that. There's, there's still a kind of you'll still. It's not something you can avoid, but there's still mm. a pressure of like, well, I don't want to let this person and this person and this person yeah. down, as well. It's just yeah, it's an odd kind of yeah. crunch. Is an odd thing. I don't. I'm sure it exists mm. in other lines of work but yeah that kind of pulling together and well we've got to do this because I'm part of this team and yeah so well it's a strange thing isn't it like nobody wants to feel like they're manipulating uh, people towards mm. that end and, yeah uh, and it ultimately does have to come down to you as an individual deciding that but there's the pressure of culture telling you yes. you're wrong if you think that you should only you know not work 70 hours a week yeah you know <laughs> which is just crazy yeah and that's a strange thing to go into and it's like I don't know you, uh, you think you're doing you think you're being the like, tough guy by doing that but you might actually be doing some really uh, sloppy code because mm. you're tired yeah, yeah and that only holds you know, as I said before 
Yeah, this weird kind of badge of pride gets stuck on it. And, yeah. and, and, and actually sometimes it's better to step back and... It creates more work yeah, than if, yeah. overall. If so. you're in a culture where that isn't... Mm. Well, that's frowned upon it can be quite difficult yeah. yeah which is maybe the advantage of smaller mm. indie teams where there's more mm. or at least at the very least more opportunity to discuss that and, and, and certainly yeah and because there's yeah. less there's less room well there's the responsibility is, is tends to be um, more upfront yeah if you're in a big company you can kind of think well nobody's asked me to do this it's not my yeah problem then again, I don't know. Producers will make you think that's the case. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it's, it's it's another it's a oh whole God, sorry, subject yeah. in itself, isn't it? And honestly, like you know, I can't speak to everybody's experiences in in AAA. I, I hear enough stories from various friends who are at various big um, studios to be able to comment at all. But mm. um, it's different every place, and it's the same every place. And uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's yeah. From, from place to place for sure mm. um, so let's fast forward a little mm. bit it's early days I guess um, yeah a week anyway, very mm. early days early weeks mm. um, is there was there a particular uh, reason for you doing this now um, was it just was it, has it been in your head for a long time to get yeah. to this oh, point now yeah no I've been wanting to do, to do this for a long time yeah. Um, so would you have pulled the trigger that earlier, if possible, or did you feel like this was the right time to? to uh, all everything has been very circumstantial for it. Okay. Um, so I mean, th- this is another thing that I kind of almost want to uh, dis like uh, uh, destroy any kind of uh, uh, mythos around indie development, like. If you just believe and grind your teeth hard enough and be- and, and, and work hard enough, <laughs> you'll make it. Like, I'm very lucky. Very, 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 very lucky. I had a um, this issue of a kind of inheritance. Um, not from my, my parents, they are alive. It's mm. from a kind of uh, quite a distant relative. Mm. Some money came down. It's a bit complicated, but yeah. yeah. Um, so I had this money, uh, had to do something with it. It's bought half of this flat that we're in, right, okay. or secured a mortgage for it at least. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm so. Last year, that was like I'm sticking with my job so I can get the mortgage. So it's difficult not to. Um, uh, uh, it's difficult to get a mortgage without a steady job. Yeah. Um, worked hard at the job. Did a good job at the job, I reckon. But it was very stressful to do that. Um, and this is hopefully giving me some stability. Like I don't have to worry about being kicked out of the house. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just need to make those uh, rental, uh, the, the mortgage payments uh, mm-hmm. every month and I'm fine. Again, you know, not everybody has that luxury. Yeah. There yeah. are so many people I know who are like, oh, it makes me kind of basically want to cry a little bit because they are really good at what they do. They know what they're doing. And they just don't have anything like a stable platform to do it with, and yeah. it's they are just going to have to keep working at whatever they're doing until they hopefully find their their break. Yeah, and this is mine. Like, I didn't earn it. I don't feel like I deserve it. <laughs> um, but this is what I want to do with my life, and that is my life. So, it's a it's a it's a tricky one. I have a huge amount of guilt around it. Yeah, I was like, like, I don't deserve to be doing this. <laughs> but it's maybe, you know, it's, it's, it is itself, in a way, a fuel. Like, mm. well, yeah. I've been given this chance. I better I'm going most. to try and use it. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, who, who knows? I mean, that's maybe <laughs> setting yourself up for a fall as well. Like, yeah. we're only human, so yeah, just if, lucky. Maybe you don't have the re- if we don't have the real fear behind this. Yeah. Does that? Oh, does that yeah, invalidate everything we're doing? Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Yes and yes. The it's answer not. is yes. <laughs> Fine, yeah, it's not a great way to, to, to do this. But, um, so let's talk about your setup now. So you are independent. Mm-hmm. But what is your what is your setup? How are you what you know, in terms of your working setup right. are you working are you working on your own? Are you working with uh, yeah. what, what's um, the deal? What's I'm the working deal? uh uh 
uh, Ed Key and I are sort of collaborating on a on, on his new thing, um, but like uh, um, it's very early days. I don't know how much I can say really um, on the record, as it were. But, okay. Um, but you you are so you are working uh, for yourself, but you've got yeah projects with people rather That's than right. like you're not like working together permanently with somebody. It's just yeah, just the, you. Yeah, the intent is that like you know um, I. I've been working in teams for a long time, and um, I've been learning more and more to sort of do my own thing on my own um, by learning a little bit of everything. Uh, but um, it's I'm never going to be, you know, a, a, like a perfect island for that kind of thing. So I, I want to work with um, other people and get the different influences, and not just kind of fly up my own butt. You know, this kind of yeah, thing. So yeah. it's that's important. It's yeah. um, and Ed I've known for ages, so that's just very lucky happenstance that he, he wanted somebody good at Unity, so stuff sound like a plug. It's really gross. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah the, the intent is that uh, I'm working with him the majority of the time, and then uh, I'm working on my own thing uh, in my part time with a, another artist who I uh, met preloaded and. Um, and the idea is to hopefully kind of bootstrap myself into a situation where there's at least enough money to survive and carry yeah. on mm. and mm. keep making stuff and um, uh, and yeah for this first week it's been good except my Friday off just I mean, it's, so it's four days a week with, uh, with Ed and my Friday off uh, I don't know I was very very tired and didn't do anything for my own project I I know that sounds weak for four days a week, but like coming back from Christmas and everything, um, and wanting to really impress as well. And the beginning of a new job, and you're not in a studio yeah. with the scrutiny of somebody watching you to see if you're working. You like want to prove that you're working yeah. to the <clears throat> other person, and yeah, they can't see what they're doing, that you're doing. So um, I went a bit overboard. I was working much later than I normally do on Thursday and more or less got to bed on on time but yeah um, there's that thing of like uh, and nobody's there to stop you from going overboard yeah yeah so um, the discipline thing is like it goes both ways it's a, it seems to be as much about forcing yourself to stop as it is to actually get up in the morning and get going um, certainly it's really nice that Nobody will disturb you once you get going. Really. Yeah, yeah. There's an occasional phone call here and there, text message or whatever. Uh, you can somewhat ignore those, um, but yeah, it's nothing like. You know, the last six years of working in a big studio, you just get tapped on the shoulder all the time, at inconvenient moments, and if you're coding, you have to be in a flow. Yeah, it takes half an hour to reset and really understand where you are. Like, get your head into the same shape as the game design and make that thing yeah um yeah but so far I mean only a week mm. I like I like it so far I I took a two hour break on Wednesday to like sort the house out do all the groceries all the boring stuff that yeah. is gonna otherwise be bugging you while you're working and then did an amazing afternoon of work um, just absolutely flew through solidly without any kind of anxiety going on in the background yeah that was nice <laughs> there was that there's uh, okay it's going to sound tangential but people always talk about um, imposter syndrome yeah right yeah you feel like I don't deserve to be here I don't deserve to be doing this work yeah um, and I have had that a lot um, and I understand that, that, that fear and in a weird way cleaning up the house is exactly the same thing <laughs> because the way I respond to uh, imposter syndrome is the same way I respond to the anxiety of yeah. I'm cleaned up dishes I clean up the dishes yeah yeah and I learn my craft for the sake of the imposter syndrome it's the same thing the anxiety is not there as an enemy it's there as a fuel if you'll take it as a fuel mm. um, 
so yeah, I mean, I, 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 you look at the place, that's Robin's stuff, so that's not tidy. But otherwise, pretty tidy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, great radio. Yeah. Bare, bare walls here. Um, there's nothing to become untidy, basically. But we're getting there. We'll, we'll make it mm. untidy. But yeah, it, you just... Rather than spend all the mental effort of thinking, well, you know... This is my job, and I have to prioritize my job above cleaning stuff up. By the time you've got that sorted in your head, you could have already cleaned up the stuff. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like that. Hmm. I'm going to remember that from the next time I, I have that problem. Oh. And does that, does that help you? Is it important to you to kind of have that in order before you work? Would, would that be a thing where you thought, well, I can't get anything done until... I can do without it, but like I mean, my my mind is always this laundry list of shit I have to get done uh, <laughs> forever, and you know, yeah, that that is um, I don't know. It, it's it's a it's a kind of a rot which if you don't deal with it, mm. it will get the better of you. So the act of dealing with that rot is enough to clear up enough headspace to work on your own stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it doesn't need to be like I don't need to be sitting pretty and there, there is nothing else to do now I can work yeah, yeah um, but yeah. if I've made enough of an, an effort to fight back that rot then we're good I can do the job hmm. speaking of ideas mm-hmm. this is going to be a another another herring reference mm-hmm. where do you get your crazy ideas from where do I get my crazy <laughs> ideas from by which I mean um now that you are in control of deciding what sort of thing you want to make, mm-hmm. you said what it? is that process like? Also, I guess you've got collaborative mm. projects going on, but like yeah, with, with Ed, it's his project mm. for sure. It's his baby, and um, I'm there to be a, a sounding board to bounce off. Mm. And like, uh, there's that thing like you you can, especially he's he's in a very good position right now to mm. do whatever he likes. Yeah. But he needs somebody he can trust to call his bullshit, I guess. Yeah. To a degree. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and and just on a from a technical perspective, I can. Uh, he's he's fairly new to Unity, so I'm, I'm okay. pretty old. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty good at that by now. Um, so that's his stuff, and uh, him and uh, um, Nikolai Trozinski, yeah, who's um, uh, he's actually Spanish, but he's obviously a kind of Slavic descent and uh, he's an amazing animator and um, again Ed, well this is where Ed's crazy ideas come from I guess but um, <laughs> uh, we haven't even talked about any of the games I've done anyway uh, the for like uh, um, the stuff we're doing is actually it's probably not my uh, normal yoke it's it's um, uh, without going into too much detail it doesn't deal with control schemes and uh, real-time feedback very much hmm. um, it's much slower paced you know uh, doesn't make you worried about prompts popping up and you having to press the B button in time or the Y button or whatever it is today <laughs> sure um, and these whatever buttons these kids press quick time events is like a trigger phrase for me it's horrible anyway um, yeah uh, so I'm uh, uh, taking his lean for that creative stuff and just as I say kind of being on top of criticising where I think it's not working mm. that kind of stuff yeah um, for my own stuff um, I guess in a slightly I mean a slightly envious position of Tommy um, in that he you know he made all this um, uh, in Indie Game the movie he talks a lot about kind of Street Fighter moves and game feel and stuff mm. like that and um, uh, that's always been something I've been very interested in as well. Like the game we were working on was this basketball game. It had this issue with um, the analog stick. You'd move it around, and it would. Uh, you see the character running around on the screen, and the character would kind of catch on the cardinal directions, like the the north, south, east, west. Yeah. They'd kind of just you'd move, and they'd like stay on north, even though your thumb was moving. Okay. I was like, what? I can feel this. I can see that something's wrong. What's wrong? And for a while, you know, took a bit of prodding. Um, uh, and the, 
one of the programmers, Tom Bird, looked into it, and he said, "Yeah, there's actually there is something going on with the controls. It's just, it's broken. In effect, it's not what you wanted from it, and that's that it was um, uh, an axial dead zone. Okay. The idea being that <coughs> you've got um, uh, x is set to zero below a certain threshold, and also y is set to be zero below a certain threshold, and the result is a square dead zone." Right. Yeah. Um, so there's a subtlety, and like you can, if you, it's really noticeable on the, the Xbox Live arcade game Zuma, where they really fuck it up. Yeah. It's a game where you're meant to have full 360 degree control. Yeah. But if you're trying to aim at something which is like north by northeast, it will snap. It'll just snap to the north, and that's because of this square dead zone. Right. But those kind of subtleties, they get to me, yeah. really badly. Yeah. Like, you know, it's it's kind of it's Tommy is notorious for it as well. And we're both kind of, you know, overlapping I guess in kind of that uh sensitivity. Mm. Um and working on goo as well was all about that. All about getting the the physics of the goo to feel just right, like not chaotic, uh actually controllable. You could actually put your intent into that goo and it would do what you were asking it to do, mm. even though it's basically just a bunch of marbles bouncing into each other. <laughs> we had to create these really ornate, strange forces to control them and make it feel like you, you could throw out a tendril, but then give it after spin to make it wrap back around. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, it was, uh, I think for both of us, that was kind of like, after doing that, that's like one of the hardest things you can probably do in terms of game feel because it's not just one sprite running around that you're controlling with its momentum. It's the uh, emergent result of lots of simple string force uh, spring forces going on between points. Right. That's like, oh god, mind melting. <laughs> you have to think about all these passive forces going on. Constantly at the same yeah. time, no modal stuff going on whatsoever, no kind of state where you're saying, "Well, now I'm in the block state." You know, every yeah. force there was constant, based on just two inputs: the the trigger and the left stick. And we used a full analog range. So if you release the trigger slowly, you build up, you throw a slow wall. Mm. Whereas if you throw it quick, you throw a really sharp tendril, which can cut through other goos. All this stuff, just like huh. the real detail of it. Yeah. It was all in the field. Yeah. And so for me, where my crazy ideas come from is always the interface up. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. If I'm designing a game and it needs a joystick, I grab the joystick, I close my eyes, and I kind of just sort of root around with the controls, see what my fingers are naturally doing, like where they're falling into place. And then, kind of from there, in a weird sort of synesthetic kind of way, maybe a kinesthetic kind of way, yeah. you're imagining what the kind of fireworks you're firing off on the screen are going to be from that interaction. Yeah. So it's very much like, you know, basically, you know, that there's this bottom up approach, which I have, and then there's a top down approach, which most studios have, which is like, well, we're going to make a game about this character. He goes through this journey and this yeah. kind of thing. It's like it's completely the other end of the spectrum. Yeah. Which is maybe why I didn't get on so well in, uh, like, ostensibly AAA stuff. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I like and I like that approach that appeals to what I like it and what appeals to me in games, which is a system and a, and a, and a control system that mm. feels one to one, a fluid, or like I can put my mark on it. And, yeah. And, flair a bit of creative flair yeah. from from the player's end where it feels like um, what I'm doing that was my idea mm. and that's really satisfying so yeah building things like that that are very analog yeah from yeah from the very beginning um, immediate and that just fast feedback loop of reassuring yeah. you that the tools we've given you are not going to be compromised arbitrarily halfway down the line because of mm. Cutscene pops up or something else, but you have the full range of expression that you have come to expect. Yeah, um, that is kind of it, and it sounds totally abstract, but it just means that um, it's a. I really like that as a seed 
because you end up making stuff that you haven't seen before. Mm. Um, you're because you're not like looking at a template of a game and saying, okay, well there are platform games and my hook's going to be that in this platform game you throw a, a teleport node and you can whiz back and forth between it, whatever you know. Yeah, just off the top of my head, but you know, when you just try and figure out what you're feeling, it, it's not about video game tropes anymore. It's about you. It's about the the purer design. It's that sense of you're a human being interacting with an object, and how should that feel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What should that be? Yeah, and you can. It's it's not that all the games that have come to pass aren't useful in figuring out what works and what doesn't, but they are not. Playbooks—they're not—they're te- not templates that you have to rely on. Mm. They are—that—that's just optional. And like, I'm sure for marketing reasons, they're useful because it's hard to convince somebody that this brand new thing, this alien new mechanic that you've never seen before—we yeah. assure you, it really works. You know, yeah. they can look at a platform and say, "Okay, I know this game already. I know whether I like it or not." The pure reassurance of it is yeah. enough to get them over the. The threshold of buying it yeah which is another advantage of taking on this independent yeah uh, you know way of working because you're only convincing yourself right um, it's all doomed to fail and I'm very happy about that <laughs> yes excellent <laughs> um, so looking forward uh-huh. you are with, with this being your second roll of the horse yeah the second Ooh. tumble of the equine die okay let's um, never make a game out of this no let's not definitely <laughs> do that <laughs> let's not turn it into a thing um, with pigs no. what, yeah. what is your let, let's go to the wonderful world of fear mm-hmm. um, knowing what you know from the first effort yeah what are you worried about in terms of the upcoming in terms of the shape things could take what what kind of I was going to say keep you up keeps you up at night but what what do you what are you aware of that you want to avoid this time round ah uh, well weirdly just like again it's it goes against the sort of uh, presumed aesthetic of what indie development is about but um, I've been quite um, intent about getting uh, contract agreements signed with people when I work with them um, and it, it's so scary when you do it for the first time because you and it ought to be in a way yeah. <laughs> you ought to feel like okay I'm writing this down this thing because I'm now becoming accountable for my time and my responsibility with this mm. and when you start out you're just being like nah you know what it's all about the games it's going to have a fun time making games it's going to be great fun I'm going to eat pizza I'm going to eat some coke and all this stuff and it's yeah. I'm a free spirit you can't right, you control right. me I'm just going to yeah and it's also that fear of like, okay, as you get older, you get more right wing, don't you? And then, you know, but the, the contracts are like, I don't know, they're there as a tool that people have laid out over time. And it, like, they are so obnoxiously written. It's like having to learn another programming language, which I hate. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um, so it's just that kind of admin, that, <sighs> You could call it business admin side of things, getting all that down pat yeah. so it's just that is something mm. you still have to deal with and, and, and to well, have that secure and, and to not make those kind of not I was gonna say basic errors, but those kind of So what it is is if if I could just like cut my hand open and cut Ed's hand open and shake and we'd be blood brothers <laughs> Yeah. That would be easier than coming up with yeah. a contract but going yeah. through a contract forces you to be like oh crap yeah we're gonna mix DNA no wait that's not that's okay <laughs> the analogy has gotten away from me yeah um, <laughs> I no, mean if you're really serious <laughs> it puts you know it puts yeah. what you're about to engage in uh, into your brain in a real way like it's actually you're growing neurons for the fact that you're gonna be working with somebody for a while, it's not just like, oh yeah, it'd be nice if we uh, work together once. It's like, oh yeah, sure, yeah, <laughs> let's do it, yeah. And then you just realize, oh, I'm not ready for this. Yeah. 
Um, but if you go through this harrowing process of writing a contract, you'll feel like you know what your purpose is, you know what you're there for, mm. and um, you can get on with it. So I'm like, I've completely flipped my attitude to that. Not just because it was weird with Tommy having to write a contract in retrospect, but because mm. um, uh, I don't know. This is a this is a tool. This is not something that's trying to impinge on your creative freedom. It's it's just trying to make your limitations real to you. Yeah. Um, and we all have them. <laughs> so. Yeah, 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 exactly. Mm. Um, so finally, mm-hmm. um, we we touched on it earlier. Success as a uh-huh. thing, yeah, as a measurable goal. Um, what for you would success look like, mm. and what do you want your indie career, so to speak, to be? Um, mm in order to make you happy <laughs> like what, what where would you think yep yeah, this is what I had in mind when I had this second go at it where would you kind of you know you sit down one day and you just think yep yeah, this this is what I, this is what I had in mind this oh. is what I wanted to get to that's it that's a, a bit when I say finally that's a big old question that's the journey changes you throw and at you yeah kind yeah. of thing so you know certainly if I started out it's just like in a vague kind of way, I joked about it to myself. I said I would, I would write an IGF, uh, uh, award acceptance speech, before I started <laughs> on a design document. <laughs> Just as a kind of joke, yeah. like that's yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of the um, Now I know half the judges. It would look like conspiracy. <laughs> so um, yeah, uh, yeah, that is no longer the goal for sure. Um, what I would like to do and which ha- actually hasn't changed is that um, we were talking about it before on the road um, there's a lot of games out there I don't, actually maybe I don't need to criticise other games to get my point across <laughs> um, <laughs> that's just not unnecessary um, I am in love with the medium and I kind of uh, to a degree hate the games and <laughs> There's some games I love. You know, sure, sure. Some games I play daily. So yeah, um, but I want to see what we can do with it. And I am always frustrated when that exploration, that cutting edge exploration, is is held short by, well, the necessary evil of just trying to keep a studio afloat. Yeah. I don't want to have to deal with. Um, that horrible uh, dichotomy of like well we can either make the boring game for a publisher who wants to pay for it uh, or we can go bust and everybody goes home and loses their job and yeah. that's it Yeah, I don't want to get caught in that yeah. cycle because there's there's escape from it potentially uh, it's difficult though and how you spend so much of your time doing it on the plus side, you get a lot of experience. <laughs> yeah. Knowing that you've worked on something that you're not totally into, but you know that you can do the job. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's, but for me, I'll be successful if I manage to just even make some gallant failures in a direction. The freedom to try, basically. Yeah, that's, that's all I like. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Thank you very much, Robbie. And that coffee. Yeah, coffee's good. But... <laughs> and coffee, yeah. As much coffee as you can have. Yeah. That's great. I've already live in that dream. <laughs> I think we should have some more coffee in inverted commas right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you very much. Not at all, Gareth. My pleasure.